Hello, you're listening to Sarah Archer in episode 214 of the Speaking Club podcast. I'd like to open the show today with a quote from the wonderful Philip Pullman, one of my favourite storytellers. Fairy tales are ways of telling us true things without labouring the point. They begin in delight and they end in truth. But if you start with what you think is truth, you'll seldom end up with delight. I started this podcast for two reasons. Because I want to help people recognise the power of stories and humour in speaking and because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organisations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hello, thanks for joining me again. I hope you're well. This week is a bit crazy for me. On Friday evening, I'm performing in two plays in Oxford, and until a month ago, we weren't sure that the event would happen. The director had told us to hold off learning our lines until it was definitely going ahead. So the past few weeks have been a whirlwind of line learning and rehearsal. And it's so noticeable for me, both as a speaker and a performer, that it's only when you know the material well that you can start to really bring it to life for your audience by adding in the elements that create emotion. But so often in business, you'll hear talks that are missing emotion. And to me, this is like a skeleton without the living human being around it. There's no life, no personality and no passion. If you're listening to this podcast... It's likely that we share the same belief that stories are the single most powerful tool you can have in your speaking and marketing. But I want to make an important distinction. Some people will retell a series of facts and events, summarising the details, pulled together in a narrative arc. And it certainly meets the definition of a story, but it's unlikely that your audience will be moved by it. Whereas others will share stories in a way that gets into your head and your heart and causes you to feel something, maybe anger, hope or laughter. And these stories make you want to remember them, to share them and to act on them. And it's emotion that sets these two types of stories apart. Emotional stories win attention. They keep your audience glued and take them on a journey. But the big question is, how do you make a story emotional? Well, first of all, you start with the content. You need to find your story. And I'm specifically using the word find rather than create here. Because for business storytelling, the stories already exist in you or your clients, in research or in the news. You don't have to imagine them into existence. And if you need a hand finding personal stories, because I know it can be tricky, then you can get some help with that in episode 33 of the podcast or 
in my Snackable Story Challenge course, which is completely free. But let's say you've got your story. What next? Well, this is where we take the sketch drawing of the facts and events and bring it to life with the magic of specific details, metaphors and analogies. And just this week, I was working with a client on a story in her 20-minute talk designed to create interest in her consultancy services. And she was opening her talk with a story based in an international company. And this is how it went. Let me take you to the boardroom of a UK-owned international chemical company. The atmosphere was tense. The business was under threat, their share price had fallen and their US competition was short-selling commodities. That's not too bad, but we worked on this to bring our audience into the scene more powerfully. And this is what we changed it to. Let me take you to the oak-panelled boardroom of a UK-owned international chemical company. Around the large table, the atmosphere was heavy with tension and strain. The company's share price had tumbled and the US competition was trying to steal the market by short-selling commodities. The future of the business was under threat. By adding in just a few specific details about the boardroom, we're helping our audience to picture the scene and bring it to life. With some metaphors, we're able to convey the mood better. And by shifting things around slightly, we can raise the stakes. And a few weeks back, this same client said to me, I've started writing the content about the model underpinning the work I do. But there's nothing about me in there. There's no emotion. It's all very dry. How do I change that? And this may be something you come up against. And the secret to making it emotional and engaging is to share what made you fall in love with it. And that's what I shared with my client. So we switched things up and introduced the model as the holy grail she'd been seeking in an answer to a question she'd looked everywhere else for. We described the moment she heard about it and how finding it made her feel and the impact the discovery had had on her life and work. Now, in that different context, the audience can relate to her relation, the significance of it to her and the potential positive impact that it could also have for them. So that's the content, one half of the equation. And the other side of the coin is creating the emotion in the delivery of your story and message. This week, I was working with someone whose story is about an incident where she and her police partner were under fire and the impact it had on her life. And it's got tons of emotion baked in naturally, but it wasn't coming through in her delivery. And there were a number of reasons for this. Firstly, she's at the point of learning the material and she was focusing on finding the words in her memory rather than sharing them powerfully. And that's one of the many reasons you've got to give yourself enough preparation time before a talk because you won't make it as powerful or compelling as it could be if you can't let go of the script. Okay, secondly, she'd gone into presenter mode. 
And thirdly, she hadn't thought about the emotion behind the words and its impact on her audience. So first of all, we took a small chunk to work on so that it wasn't overwhelming for her. And I asked her to ban her inner critic from the space while we were rehearsing. Then I got her to think about what emotions she'd been feeling at the different points in the story. So at one point she'd felt pride, at another sadness, another indignance and anger. And I got to think about her to think about where in her story the audience needed space, either to process what she said, to change mood or move to a different point. And finally, I asked her to share the story just as she would if she was retelling it to a close friend or family member. And when she did all of that, not only did her talk come to life, her story come to life, but so did she. And her passion, her personality and purpose started to shine through the words. And the next thing we're going to do with her is add in the movement to support those big moments of emotion, drama and change. So essentially, in both the content creation half and the delivery half of these talks, we were tapping into the three tools that can turn a series of events into an emotional story for your audience. And these three things are evocative imagery, physiology and your voice. And there's one more element to add in that will boost the emotional power of your story and talk so that it's more likely to lead to action. And it's this, the pain and desire of your audience in relation to the problem your overall message is about. By doing the work to get intimate with what your audience wants and also wants to avoid, you can include stories that will resonate more with them and better shape your talk to connect and engage with them at a much deeper level. And that's when your talk becomes the powerful marketing tool that it should be. So when you're crafting and delivering your story for emotion, engagement and entertainment, you've got choices to make. How to set it up, which details to emphasize, the elements of intrigue, the pace, the timing, the revelations, and when to end it. All of those choices can turn your story into a shared story with your audience. That's when your audience sees their life and journey in your story. That's a powerful moment. It's why storytelling is the oldest form of communication and why it crosses all of these barriers of culture and language. These emotional stories are the ones that we remember and we repeat. They become a part of us and nothing truly, honestly, can fire your audience up in the same way. Okay, so here are your takeaways. Not all stories are created equal. Emotional stories are so much more than just a retelling of the facts. There are two parts to creating an emotional story-led talk, and that's the content and the delivery. In business, you've only got to find stories. You don't have to create them. Adding specific details, metaphors can create 
evocative imagery that puts your audience at the heart of the action. You've got to know your material well to be able to add in those emotional layers. And you've got to consider what emotion you are feeling at each event you're talking about in your story. For goodness sake, avoid that presenter mode and share your talk with the passion, personality and purpose you would as if you're doing it in front of a friend or family member. And the three tools of emotion are evocative imagery, physiology and voice. And finally, knowing your audience intimately will help you know what choices to make in shaping your talk so that it connects at that much deeper level. But really, the one thing I want you to remember from this episode is this. You don't have to be a natural born storyteller to harness the magic of story in your speaking. But without understanding that the true power of storytelling lies in being vulnerable and sharing emotion to elicit emotion in your audience, your speaking won't ever be as powerful as it could. So there you go. If this episode resonated with you, do let me know. And you can find me over at LinkedIn or Twitter or Instagram. And if you want to have a chat to me about getting support for your speaking project, then you can book that in over at saraharcher.co.uk. Well, that's it from me. Thank you so much for listening. And if you are a regular listener and get value from the show, I'll do me a massive favour. Just take a couple of minutes to leave an honest rating or review over at ratethispodcast.com slash TSC. Until next time, don't forget to get into action by grabbing your life by the nuts and getting cracking. Bye-bye. Getting to practice your speaking in front of an audience is a crucial part of testing your message and developing your skills and experience as a speaker. Yet opportunities to do this in the right environment can be hard to find. Add in the chance to get expert feedback and coaching on your content structure and delivery and the opportunities are even fewer. But that's what you'll get as a member of the Speaking Club Live. Each week, There'll be hot speak slots and you'll get the chance to practice sharing your message, your storytelling, your humor and all the different aspects of speaking in front of me and other members. Then you'll get feedback and coaching from me and your peers so that you're moving forward on your speaking journey with accountability and support. If you'd like to find out more about how you can become a member of the Speaking Club Live so that you can build your confidence, improve your delivery and become a better speaker, then go to saraharcher.co.uk slash club now.